Everybody say triggers. 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 We are spending a good bit of time. I can't think of a better series to be in as we launch this weekly recovery group because we're talking about temptation. We're talking about those things in our lives that keep tripping us up, keep making us uh, fall when we don't want to fall. We can't be the person we want to be. We can't end up where we want to get at because it just seems like every time we make up our mind to be the person we want to be, temptation shows up in our life in many different forms and we end up doing the same stupid things that, that we've done before. How many people like me, you've done stupid more than once? Let me see your hand. How many people have done stupid more than once? Yeah, all of us have done stupid more than once. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs is a verse, uh, Proverbs 26, 11 is a verse we've been reading in this series. It's kind of gross, but it says, as a dog returns to vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. It's that gross. It's that disgusting. And we know what that feels like, that condemnation we put on ourselves, that defeat that we feel in ourselves. Like we keep returning to this gross, disgusting thing, whatever it is, and we can't seem to break free. Some of us for years and even decades, we can't find freedom from the foolishness. We're trapped. It feels like freedom will never be an option. But throughout this series, we've been using 1 Corinthians 10, 13 as a, as a backdrop, as a banner um, to, to, to encourage us. that We can find freedom. We can say no when temptation shows up. And I've told you every week, man, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, like write it down, put it in your phone, get lipstick, put it on the mirror, get a tattoo, like whatever you have to do to not forget 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is what it says. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Let's just stop because that's huge. You're not alone. The devil shows up in your life and says, nobody feels the way you feel. Nobody's tempted the way you're tempted. Nobody screws up the way you screw up. That is a lie. Everybody faces it. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. That's a great promise. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He just took away all the excuses. You're never gonna be tempted beyond your ability to say no, ever, okay? And when you're tempted, God will show you a way out so that you can endure. In other words, in every situation where we are tempted, if we will pause if we will pray, if we will just, just kind of have one of those Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris timeouts, okay, and, and, just, and just stop for a second, we can spot the back door, the fire escape, the exit that God has given us in order to say no to temptation. Listen, you're not going to do the right thing every time, but you do have a choice and you do have an opportunity to do the right thing and to say no to temptation, all right, you always have a choice. So today, we're gonna to talk about the power of relationships, the power of relationships, because for all of us, relationships are either tr a trigger for good. There, there, are, there are relationships that trigger positive. I think about my own life, and I, I'm 32, and I think about four or five different transitional seasons in my life that were positive, and I can relay all of them usually to a relationship, somebody I got connected to or a youth pastor or a friend or a wife or whatever it is where these are relationships that are positive triggers that help you get to where God wants you to get to. But how many people know that relationships can also be a trigger for bad, a trigger for, for negative, right? And, and can get us going in the opposite direction that we want to go to. And we make up our mind and we pray and we cry and we say, I'm not going to be that person anymore. And I'm not going to do that anymore. 
and we, and we, we, we say, we're going to do this. We've got self-discipline. We're going to make it happen. But then relationships that we've had for a long time show back up on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Friday or a Saturday, and we end up right back where we didn't want to be. They don't know who said it, but there's a famous quote that says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I think it was John Maxwell that says, five years from now, you will be the average of your friends. Five years from now, you will be the average of your friends. So if you want to be better, guess what you got to do? You got to get better friends. You got to raise you got to raise the level of the quality of your friendships. But it's also a biblical idea. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. That's a good place to say amen right there. Maybe you've known some fools in your life that got you into trouble, but it'll happen every time. You hang around with wise people, you will become wise. You hang around with fools, and you will get in trouble. So today triggers how to punch temptation in the face. We are going to talk uh, about relationships because it may be the most important part of overcoming temptation in our life. You got a Bible? We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Going to start with verse 14. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Let's read this together. It says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. If you, if you grew up in church, New King James, King James, NIV says, do not be unequally yoked. How many people have ever heard that before? Do not be unequally yoked. A couple of you guys have heard that? That's, that's an older translation. Don't be unequally yoked. How can righteous be, righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them. He's saying this to us that believe in him. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, God's saying, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. One more verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Because we have these promises that he will be with us, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. Okay, a lot of scripture there. A lot of verses there. What does it mean? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. What does it mean? It says don't partner up with unbelievers, but like I say, the famous kind of old school Bible verse that gets misquoted so often is do not be unequally yoked. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. All right, so we're going to talk about that. Devin, can I get you to help me out real quick? And um, Clark, could you help me out real quick? Um, you have no idea. It's okay. Come on up here. So um, I want to show you what we're talking about this morning. Now, do not feel stupid, please, I'm serious. Do not feel stupid if when I'm reading this verse or talking about being yoked, you think we're talking about eggs, okay? Because till I was about 16, every time I heard this in verse, I swore they were preaching about egg yolks, okay? That's not what Paul's talking about. I'm being dead serious. So don't feel dumb if you thought we were talking about egg yolks this morning, okay? Paul, when he talks about being yoked together, he's using a farming term, all right? Now, I'm not a farmer. You're probably not a farmer, all right, you may own a farm, but let's be honest, you just ride four-wheelers, all right? You're not a farmer, okay? 
So, um, so this is a farming term. And when Paul wrote this back in the day, people would know what he's talking about. I brought a, I brought a picture. Let's show that up there, Brian. This is actually what a yoke is. This is different versions of it. But a yoke is a, is a device or a tool that they would put around the necks of farm animals. Let's look at that next picture. They would put it around the necks of the farm animals so that they could keep them aligned together and they could plow the field or get to where they're going in a straight line. Does that make sense to everybody? So they would, they would yoke them together and, uh, and they, would, they would walk in a straight line to get them where they're going. So it's a farming term, all right? Now, I don't have a yoke, but I do have two asses up here I'm going to use this morning. That was, that was funnier at 10 o'clock. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Put your legs together here. We're going to use this. My dad would be so disappointed. I said that in church, but I thought it was funny. All right. So, so we're just going to like three-legged race it a little bit this morning. Okay. So, um, so Paul says, it's a farming term. Don't be unequally yoked together. Farm animals working together. We've got two animals right here. And... Let's just say for this, well, let's just practice one time. Let's walk together in a straight line, guys. Go ahead and walk together. That's pretty good. All right, that's good. That's not bad. All right, come back, come back. So Paul said, get the visual here. Paul says, when you connect yourself with people, this is what you're doing in life. Okay, you're connecting up together. Your friendships, your dating relationships, this is what you're doing. And Paul says, don't be unequally yoked. And farmers knew what he was talking about. Because if you hooked up two farm animals, and this was a really strong ox, and this was a weak ox, okay, and they started walking together unequally yoked, what's going to happen? All right, the strong ox is going to start leading this way because he's stronger than the other one. Let's back it up a little bit. Now, let's say that Clark is the strong ox. Let's wrap it back up. You want to wrap it back up? You got it there? You guys are doing a good job here. That's close enough. All right. So let's say that Clark is the strong ox and Devin is the weak ox. What's going to happen? They start walking. The strong ox is going to take over. Now, if you let them walk like this long enough, what's going to happen? Have you ever felt like your life is going in circles? Have you ever felt like I can't get where I'm going? I've been here before. I keep ending up in the same place. It could be because you have hooked yourself to the wrong person who is influencing you more than you're influencing, who is stronger than you are, and they keep just taking you in circles. And you're saying, I'm trying to get to where God wants me to go, which is over there, but I keep ending up over here. And Paul would say, well, it's, of course you're ending up over here. You have yoked yourself to a strong ox who is not interested in heading in the direction that you want to go. Let's give him a hand, guys. Thank you so much. Take that chain with you. Paul says, of course you're going in circles. You're unequally yoked. Now, you know, there were some really dumb people growing up who would use this verse to say white people can't marry black people. They're idiots, okay? They would say, you know, this means um, that it's just the whole interracial thing or the ethnic thing or whatever it is. Or they would use it to say, um, you can't go to the ballpark because there's unbelievers there. Or you can't go to the movies because it's owned by a sinner or whatever, all right? That doesn't, nobody's really battling with that, I don't think, this morning in here. Um, but it was used out of context. Paul just means, listen, be careful who you connect yourself with 
because it's going to affect the pace and the direction that you go, okay? Now, here's what this doesn't mean this morning, okay? It doesn't mean that you don't have friends who aren't Christians. It doesn't mean that you don't do business with unbelievers. It doesn't mean that you don't use God as an excuse to dump someone that you don't have the courage to dump. Any church kids in here, you ever, guys, you ever broke up with a girl and used God as the excuse? Maybe just me. I don't know. I'd be like, babe, I'm sorry. I've just been praying and God really feels like it just needs, we need to spend some time with him right now. And I made it up, but anyway, all right. Um, yeah, it was a terrible thing to do. Um, like that, this is not, Paul is not giving us permission to use our faith in God to abandon people who need God. Please hear that. He's not giving us permission to be a jerk and say, oh, well, I'm a Christian now and you're not, so see ya, okay? That's not what Paul is saying. Matter of fact, the Bible is very clear in the other direction. Matthew 5, 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise God. John 17, 15 through 18, Jesus is praying for his disciples and he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them uh, holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is true. 18, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. You're an ambassador. You're for God's kingdom. So he wants you to, to be a light, to be salt, to be in the world, to be influencing, to be making a difference, to be leading people to Jesus. So this is not a command to, you know, only eat at Chick-fil-A because they play Christian music in the bathroom, all right? To, to only, you know, watch Christian movies, to only wear Christian t-shirts, to only listen to Christian radio, to only put your kids in Christian school, to only go on Christian cruises. Did you know they have Christian breath mints? To only eat Christian breath mints, they do at the bookstore. You can go look for it. Like, that's not what Paul is saying here, because Jesus said, I want you out in the world. I want you out there making a difference and being an influence. But what Paul is saying is, he's not just talking about associations. Hey, my boss is not a believer. Should I quit my job? No. He's not talking about associations. He's talking, when he says yoke yourself, he's talking about a connection at another level. In other words, Paul is is saying, do not attach your dreams, your plans, your beliefs, your faith with someone who does not share your faith. Don't, don't attach your life goals and dreams and your, your well like your, your everything that you want in life, like those friends and those relationships and those dating relationships and those, those couples. I'm not talking about like divorcing your spouse today. Please don't hear that. But, but Paul is saying, who you decide to yoke yourself to is going to determine where you go and how fast you get there. So be very careful who you attach your dreams and faith and beliefs and ambitions and goals to. You gotta be really careful. And some of you in the room today, you cannot overcome this temptation that keeps showing up in your life because the faces in the room are always the same. And the friends that you have that maybe you've had since high school or maybe you've had since college or the friends that you met when you started looking for drugs or the people that you met when you were looking to cheat on your spouse or whatever it is, like you're trying to serve God, but you are having the relationships that you yoked yourself to before you were believing in Jesus Christ. 
and you wonder why you can't get where you're trying to go and you keep going in circles, it's because you have not disconnected yourself from those relationships. And Jesus was very concerned about this. He wasn't just talking about relationships, but in Mark 9, he said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Jesus said this. It's very um, intense language, saying don't take any chances. Don't, don't, don't take any chances. Do whatever it takes to make sure that you can hold on to your faith. Do whatever you can to make sure that your relationship with God stays strong. And if that means unyoking from relationships, you got to do it. So I want to give you three questions this morning. I know you probably have a few questions, or I'm going to try to answer them for you. I'm going to give you three questions. I want to encourage you to write these down or take a picture with your phone of the screen. So I think these are really important questions that help you get where you're trying to go. First question is this. This is a long one. Are the people in my life pushing me towards a stronger faith in God, or am I having to fight to keep my faith because of my relationships? Let me say it again. Are the people in my life pushing me towards a stronger faith in God, or am I having to fight to keep my faith because of my relationships? There's, I can't quantify it for you. I can't say, well, you need 10 Christian friends and nine non-Christian friends. There, there's no, like, you can't do that. And everybody's different. And everybody's more influenced differently, right? But in counseling and helping people for years now, I can tell you that almost every story that goes bad starts or involves a relationship. A buddy, a friend, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a guy I was living with, a guy I had kids with, whatever it is. And there's this tension and this hurt as they speak about it because they say, I don't want to lose this relationship, but, I, but I'm trying to serve God and it's not working. So as you take an inventory of your relationships in your life, I'm not talking about the guy you see once a year, I'm not talking about the buddy you have lunch with every now and then at work. I'm talking about the people that you would say that I've yoked myself. I've connected myself. I'm partnering with them. This is life together. Okay? These are people who know me and I know them. Are those relationships pushing me towards a stronger faith in God or am I having to fight to keep my faith because of my relationships? Question number two. Am I the type of person who helps people grow in their faith? You know, we can talk about having the right relationships for us, but how many people know if you want to have better friends, you need to be a better friend? If you want to have more godly friends, you need to be a more godly friend. You can't just say, well, you know, I, there's nothing for me. Nobody's connected with me. If you want to have a small group of people who help you love God more, start a group. And ask yourself, if all of my friends had my commitment to God, my commitment to church, my commission to, commitment to devotion, what would, my friend, what would those friendships and relationships look like? I wrote it down like this, in my, and for me, do my, friends, do, do my friends that I'm connected to, do they move forward? Do they sin less and love more because I'm in their life? Are the people who have yoked themselves to me, are they moving forward? Do they sin less and do they love God more because I'm in their life? I hope so, because I want people in my life 
that are doing that for me. Doing that for me. Question number three. This is the hard one. Am I willing to let go of relationships in order to embrace everything God has for me? Am I willing to let go of relationships in order to embrace everything that God has for me? I told you earlier, I I talk to people all the time. And they are being pulled under by a relationship in their life, drowning them but they won't let go of the relationship. And I know it hurts and I know it's painful and I know it seems mean and I know it seems like the opposite of what Jesus would want us to do because everybody needs Jesus. I'm not talking about not influencing people. I'm talking about you taking an honest assessment of your life and saying, am I the influencer or am I being influenced? Am I leading my friends or are my friends leading me? Because if I'm trying to save someone who's drowning, but they're pulling me under, at some point, either I've got to save me or we're both going to drown. You understand what I'm saying? And this is not just about relationships, but as God calls us higher and calls us further and puts dreams in our hearts for the future, as, as as he is calling us to more, We have to decide, are we willing to let go of what we currently have in order to embrace what he has for us? And I'm not saying that every relationship in your life is this like awful, like convicted felon, drug dealer, murderer guy. So please don't hear that, okay? There are some relationships that were in my life of godly people who are going to heaven. They're wonderful. I see them every now and then around town. I hug their neck. I say, how you doing? But there have been very few times in my life over two or three, what I would consider to be serious transitional seasons in my life. Almost never am I able to take old relationships into new seasons. Almost never. Doesn't mean I never talk to them again. Doesn't mean I tell them they're out. It just means that almost always for me, new seasons mean new relationships. New seasons mean new relationships. And there's lots of different reasons that is. Sometimes it's because the old relationships can't see us any way other than the way we used to be, you know? Jesus said, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. He said, a prophet's without honor in his hometown. That's so true. You ever had God just do something incredible in your life and you're so jacked up about it and you tell somebody that knew you before Jesus and they're like, I mean, I guess that's cool. They can't see you any other way. And sometimes, sometimes, as painful it is, as it is, you got to let it go. Gotta, sometimes God's calling you to something that requires faith. And you've got to let go of good Christian relationships who think that you're crazy because of your faith. You may have some Christian friends and you say, you know what, I'm going to start tithing. And they say, are you crazy? You ain't got no money. You may have to let that relate. Like not, you never hang out anymore, but like I can't yoke myself to them anymore. Hey, I feel like God is calling me to... to, to to, to do this ministry or make this commitment. And they say, man, that's too much. Don't, like sometimes you, you say, I, I can't yoke myself to them anymore. It's like losing a bunch of weight and trying to wear your old clothes. You just, they don't fit anymore. And it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that where God is trying to take you, there are new relationships for you there and you can't take the old ones with you. And it's painful every single time. 
Andrea and I have sat in our living room with friends who have, we, we've, we've just separated and we've cried. And even in this church, people in relationships that we thought would be together forever and we're just not anymore and we're gonna be in heaven and we're gonna hug and love and nobody's bad. It's just, God says, where I'm taking you, if you stay yoked to them, you're gonna end up over here when I want you over there. And you can't do it anymore. So whether it's temptation, destiny, dreams for your life. Now, last thing I'll say is this. Some of you are thinking, Jason, what about my friends who don't know Jesus? What about my boyfriend who doesn't know Jesus? What about my mom and dad who don't know Jesus? I completely hear what you're saying. And you say, well, Jason, I can't just let them go. Somebody needs to lead them to Jesus. And I would say, well, it depends. It depends. Are you influencing them or are they influencing you? Are you influencing them? Are they influencing you? Listen, do not feel guilty for letting go of a relationship that you think, you know, you're responsible for saving them. Do not feel guilty for letting them go. God is bigger than you. His plans are greater than you. And if he wants to save them, listen, he sent Jonah a whale, okay? So he can send whoever, whenever he wants to, to save somebody. But if they are pulling you under, you're wasting your time trying to save them. And so I would say, absolutely, you need to let go and pray and trust God. Because in the end, it's going to take you off course much more than you're gonna bring them on course. Does it happen? Absolutely. Do, do, do boyfriends come around? Do girlfriends come around? Do lifelong friends come around? Absolutely. But you may need to let them go to trust God and pray for them and then let God work on them the way he needs to work on them needs to work on them. You may need to risk loneliness. You say, well, we're engaged. I know you're engaged, but now would be the time to do it. <laughs> you say, well, this has been a bit, I understand. But are you getting where you're wanting to go at the pace you want to get there? If no, it may be your relationships. It may be your relationships. So we're, I want to end today with a prayer. And it's a really simple prayer, but I'm gonna say it and then I want us to pray it together. This is what it says. It says, God, give me the courage and strength to end the relationships that are holding me back and help me embrace new relationships that will move me forward. God, give me the courage and strength to end the relationships that are holding me back and help me embrace new relationships that will move me forward. Can we say that together? Say it with me, come on. God, give me the courage and strength to end the relationships that are holding me back and help me embrace new relationships that will move me forward. One more time, let's say it together. God, give me the courage and strength to end the relationships that are holding me back and help me embrace new relationships that will move me forward. Let's pray.